Cowboy Chronicles in three, two, one. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles post game, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's. Cure your craving, stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. Coming off of Oklahoma State's 56-14 victory over McNeese State, Cowboys versus Cowboys, and it goes to those, uh, the, the hometown Cowboys. Y'all, I, uh, we obviously knew that this was going to be a lopsided game. Uh, it took a little while to get there. Offense took some, uh, took some time to get going tonight. Any, uh, any surprise there that the, that the offense, uh, maybe sputtered a little bit out of the gate, Jacob? It, it did feel like a surprise after last week watching them just not have any kind of resistance it felt like from Oregon State uh, especially the way Spencer Sanders played and at first it felt like he was a little off the mark at times and um, and, and he finally kind of got some rhythm going but it took a little while and I think part of that though is still their field position they had such four, poor field position to start the game uh, when you start three drives on your nine in a row that's really really tough um, I averaged it out, and it was you start at the average of the 12-yard line, and you think, man, there's just not a lot of room to work with there. Um, the defense is playing really well. It just it, it you couldn't they couldn't get the field flipped basically, and uh, that really kind of slowed things down. But once they got going, it was it was a lot of fun. Jenny, I th- I th- yeah, I think uh, I think part of it uh, too, what you know, the the field position ha- had to have a role, but you also had some uncharacteristic things happening you know like Chuba Hubbard fumbling um and you know that that causes a negative play uh you've got uh, that was recovered by Oklahoma State but you know kind of put him behind a, a, a rock and a hard place and then obviously Dylan Stoner fumbles at the end of a nice reception and and it does get taken away by McNeese State so some guys that are usually not going to do that sort of thing doing that I thought that was uh you know sort of perfect storm of of some mistakes by some guys that you aren't going to see go that way um all the time so yeah I think it kind of it it was a lot of different things happening there that you don't necessarily expect to happen so but I think that's a lesson you know still an offense that is you know trying to figure out exactly you know who it's going to be and how it's how it's going to operate you know to go through stuff like that I think it's a reminder that everybody has to lock in and yeah there's going to be tougher opponents than tonight and so to have that happen tonight it's better than having it happen in Austin here in a couple weeks you kind of want to kind of want to work through that now as opposed to um, facing the Longhorns here here in a couple weeks. Sean Gleason uh, new offensive coordinator joked that it was sort of a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy because he had been talking to his guys all week about Let's get off to a fast start. Got to get off to a fast start. Got to start fast. How important it was, and then uh, and then they came out of the gate uh, so slowly. It was a uh, uh, little bit of a uh, kind of a, a, a rough uh, rough experience for for those guys. And he was talking about the the helpless feeling from uh, from the press box. Um, but uh, you know, one thing that uh, that did get the offense going. They had a 15-play, 91-yard drive early in the second quarter. Spencer Sanders rushed for 42 yards on that drive, and that sort of uh, seemed to, to break things loose, and they uh, they got rolling much better at that point. Um, but uh, 12 carries from Spencer Sanders in the first half. Uh, anybody surprised by that number at all? I, I certainly was. Yeah. It, was uh, it just felt like uh, you, you kind of wonder, too, at times, where's Chuba? Right. You know, and I know he fumbled early, but – 
they went back to him, I think, on the next drive pretty quick. Um, but it just felt like it was a lot of design runs for Spencer, and it, it wasn't what you saw last week when it didn't feel like it was so much design as much as him just trying to make a play happen. And um, it just felt like a total change. And, I, you know, Gundy kind of talked about it a little bit, said, you know, the way the, way the defense was playing, it was there. But it just felt uh, – it just felt – I don't want to say wrong, but it just felt – it felt totally out of whack. It felt dangerous is what it mm-hmm. felt like to me. It felt like you were just asking for trouble running your quarterback in a game where you knew what the outcome was ultimately going to be. There's going to be games where they're going to need to run Spencer Sanders double digits in the first half. There's going to be times when that's what the defense allows, and so you have to take advantage of it. Um, but that's not this game. And so I think that was the thing to me that – you know, obviously it worked out. He didn't get hurt. He's fine. Um, but you know that it did seem like a heavy workload, especially when you got a back, as you mentioned, Jacob and Hubbard. That you know they leaned on heavily, leaned on more in the opener than you know we ever saw him lean on uh, Justice Hill in you know the early going last year. They really felt like Chuba could handle that kind of. Um, that kind of action and he did and so for him to be largely you know absent much of the first half that was a little bit of a surprise too eight carries for 44 yards and a touchdown for Chuba Hubbard 5.5 yards per carry it wasn't like he was he wasn't being productive he was uh, he was it, it was working when he ran the ball so does that does that get him back on the below the 300 carry pace that he was on <laughs> yeah, that I mean, definitely uh, you know it, it kind of evens out after two games now right definitely slows down the pace that's for sure Sanders 12 carries for 51 yards uh, and that's including an 11 yard sack so uh, his uh, his yardage was uh, significantly more impactful than it sounds when you uh, when you look at it off the top. We are uh, over six minutes into this podcast at this point. I have not mentioned Tylen Wallace yet. Um, I probably deserve to us. be smacked in the head with a microphone just for that. Five catches, 180 yards, three touchdowns. Now ten catches and five touchdowns in two games this season. Um, even even his uh, even his non touchdown plays are uh, are ridiculously impressive. Like the uh, the one along the sidelines tonight. Um, he admitted himself that he didn't think he could. He, he he was surprised by the fact that he made that play and got his feet down in bounds. Um, but the, the the two long touchdowns uh, were uh, were both uh, a, a moment of him turning on the uh, turning on the Jets and and doing things running with the ball that we didn't necessarily see as much of uh, last year. But this guy just keeps making plays. Yeah, and you know I t- I talked to John Gleason a little bit about turning routine plays into something big like we saw him do on his first and third touchdowns tonight 69 yards on the first one 75 on the third one and he said that that's something now obviously Sean Gleason was not around last year so we we know that his point of reference is only this season but he said that in practice Tylen Wallace especially when it's you know the the receivers and the quarterbacks working Tylen Wallace is very mindful of playing out situations like that not just catching a pass and that being it you know really really thinking beyond the you know catch the ball and take a couple steps so you know that's not to say he wasn't doing that last year 
But that does seem like something, especially when you've, and, and Sean Gleason talked about this too, when you've got a young quarterback who's still, you know, as good as Spencer Sanders has been, he's still young. He's still getting this all figured out. And to have a weapon that you can throw, you know, an eight-yard screen pass to and he goes 69 or whatever it was, I mean, that's that's an unbelievable advantage and confidence booster um, to Spencer Sanders in that offense. And, Scott, I thought Spencer told you something great about that that second long one that, that – um, Tylen scored on. Yeah, yeah, he did. The uh, the first play of the third quarter, Tylen took a short route, spun, and uh, and and turned around and went the distance. A- after Sanders threw the ball, obviously they're trying to get off to this fast start in the second half and trying to play up tempo a little bit. And uh, so he throws the ball uh, off to his right side, turns to the left, back toward the sidelines to look for the next play call uh, because he's assuming that that Tylen's going to be tackled where he was at because the cornerback was right there. Uh, and all of a sudden he realizes nobody's looking in his direction. Everybody's still celebrating. So he turns around and, uh, and realizes what's going on. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty incredible moment. Um, the things that, that Tylen is doing uh, with after the catch this year have uh, have been beyond I think what we saw last year uh, you know he said he might, might he might be a little bit faster this year uh, credit coach Rob Glass for that uh, but uh, he's definitely been pretty impressive with uh, with with what he's done so far Jacob I just want to say this is my first time to see him live and in person and wow uh, that was he, he's electric um, yeah. Just the catch he made, it was right there in front of us in the press box um, on that ridiculous catch. Uh, his speed, like you said, I mean, he's just so fast. And I asked uh, CJ more about him after the game, and he just said he's a freak and, like, really emphasized the word freak. And, and I think that's fair. And um, what he's doing right now is, is, is really, really fun to watch. You know, I we, we got a chance to see – you know, greatness obviously in James Washington for several years. And I thought James had a great ability to take long passes and turn on the jets. His ability to run through long passes was just, I mean, he worked on it, but there was a lot of, of, of innate ability plus that skill and hard work that really made that such an amazing weapon for James We've seen some of that same sort of thing out of Tylen, but to me, his ability to, um, you know, now, you know, take things that look very innocuous and not that dangerous and make them into something unbelievable. And, you know, his ability to elude, he, down the sideline on that first touchdown he had, um, wow, he just kept running past guys. And then the the play Jacob referenced, the, the contested catch on the sideline where he basically had to turn into a defender to get the ball away from the defensive back who was in better position to make the play than he was and then somehow to stay in bounds I wrote a little bit about Tylen tonight and you know you think well that's there's got to be a little luck but he keeps doing these sorts of things and you're like well that's what he does and so I think you know it I, I know people want to compare and you know how does he rank and where is he and all this sort of other stuff obviously a lot more games before we have to make those determinations but both of those guys have such a you know vast array of skills Uh, but I'm interested now that we've seen you know again a new leaf turned over by Tylen Wallace and some of the stuff he's doing this year what else has he got up his sleeve? You know, what else has he been working on? Um, we were talking after the game that last year, one of the things that was maybe his biggest downfall was he had some catches that were 
he dropped some stuff that it wasn't so much about the the catch being tough. It was that he decided he was ready to run before he caught the ball. He hasn't had those situations yet, but you know, if he can stop doing that and add some other things, you know, this, this has a chance to be a season with some outrageously big numbers. And, you know, as I was talking to Spencer Sanders, sorry to hog the mic. Now I'm talking all about these receivers and going crazy, but I was talking to Spencer Sanders about, you know, they really haven't, hadn't haven't thrown to their cowboy backs much and he and he kind of looked up towards Tylen and he said yeah when defenses start paying attention to him a little bit more look out and he's right I mean they've got all these other guys at receiver too and the cowboy back you know it's gonna just it's gonna really make things hard on defenses with Tylen Wallace doing everything that he's doing this year and uh we'll take a quick break but uh, before that I'll say this cowboy fans need to enjoy this guy because I he's he's a third year junior NFL scouts are buzzing about this guy, and uh, people that are watching uh, watching him play, that, uh, that that know the NFL game and uh, and understand the NFL draft, are talking a lot about what this guy's doing on the field. So, uh, Cowboy fans, better enjoy the uh, the remainder of this season because this could be it. You know, you never know with a guy. I mean, James Washington could have gone when uh, after his junior year and decided not to. Uh, you never, you never know what um, you know what a guy is is processing in his mind when he's trying to make that type of decision. But uh, there is a really good chance that uh, that the NFL could be too big of a uh, of a uh, of a carrot dangling out there for him to uh, to stay around one more year. So, with that, we'll take a quick break and be right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. Let's turn our focus to the defense, which, unlike the offense, did get off to a fast start. Um, they uh, No turnovers a week ago and two plays in. They get one this week, and it goes uh, goes for six with A.J. Green stepping in front of a Cody Orgeron pass and taking it to the house. Um, first, uh, first pick six for A.J. Green in his career, which is uh, – uh, pretty big deal considering that he's been out there for uh, for a lot of games but uh, had some really big interceptions over the course of his career but his first pick six so a big deal for him um, but the the defense ov- overall I uh, I thought I mean it's a no-win situation for him they they can't uh, they can't do anything that's really going to just wow you in a game like this against a, a lower level opponent but I thought that they played pretty well and and, and had some important moments that uh, that they'll take from this yeah, I mean, you're right. Cody Orgeron and the offense around him, you know, that's not Big 12, obviously, but they came out and took care of business. They only allowed 82 yards that first half, um, and that's that's impressive alone against any team. It doesn't matter who it is. You've allowed 82 yards, um, and you get that turnover. That's the thing they really needed was a turnover. They, they struggled last year with that. They didn't get one last week. They only had one sack last week. They had two this week. Um, you know, and they had two turnovers too. Phil Redwine Bryant later had one that All almost right. became a pick six, and um, they start doing these things right. This that could build some momentum as you go into Tulsa, a team that struggled offensively. Um, you got a chance to go and build on that as you get ready for Texas, um, and this is all about building momentum for this defense right now. And when you look at how they're playing, um, 
tonight you, you've got to you've got to feel encouraged, even if it is McNeese State. Um, I know people have kind of criticized Jim Knowles' defense a little bit and stuff, and um, and now I think you can start to see that maybe there's a little bit of momentum going here moving forward. Will it last? Who knows? But it's it's a good start. I think too, it's worth mentioning that you know they're still playing tonight without Calvin Bundage, who was was right. absent again with injury, and Israel Antoine also, uh, we believe, absent with injury. Not and, not injury, but uh, oh, that's but, right, uh, personal personal issue that is not injury or discipline related, according to my sources. I think that's now twice that I've said that, Scott. I, I need think to so, get yes. that through my head. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Ah, uh, so. So twi- two two guys though that you figure will be starters eventually, mm-hmm. uh, not in the lineup again tonight, and also your first game without Kyle Jr. knowing he's not going to be with you on the defensive line. So you know they've when you think about it, three guys that at one point in the you know not so distant past we were saying well well that guy's a starter that guy's a starter, and now here they are, you know playing pretty well yeah they they weren't playing a great team tonight we know that but I think you want to see not a lot of self-inflicted wounds against a lesser opponent and I didn't really feel like that they they really did that I mean um you didn't necessarily see personal fouls or um you know just dumb mistakes and I think that's the type of thing that against a lesser opponent sometimes mentally you can have those letdowns and then you start to see those penalties and I thought they they played pretty well I mean I know um, second half, a lot of reserves, but and they did give up a uh, a touchdown uh, pass, but they also had a couple of goal line stands and got a, a fourth down uh, stop. So um, yeah, I mean, I think overall the defense did some positive things. Remembering that they're going to be tougher opponents, but like Jacob said, I mean, I think you do want to build on things as you go, and this was definitely it wasn't a step back, and that's that's good for this defense. Yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, the turnovers, uh, the sacks, those, seeing those numbers go up. I mean, they had uh, – uh, I alluded to this in my, my pregame blog, the six-shooter, uh, that last week they had combined one uh, – you know, they had one sack, no interception, no, no turnovers. Uh, they That was a number that they needed to uh, to go up, and it did right away. So uh, that's uh, that's the big deal for, for this team right now that uh, – defensively that they're making positive steps they're still not asking the defensive line to do a lot um, they're uh, they're staying kind of uh, kind of vanilla with what they're doing with those guys and that's that's important because you got so many new guys out there um, you had Samuel Tui Halamaka playing a decent number of snaps Sione Asi um, Amadou Fafana uh, all these guys that like to uh, to test my spelling and uh, memorization abilities not to mention my pronunciation I'm abilities just, i'm really impressed you can pronounce their names i'm i'm not there yet i it, uh, i can't i can't remember as well israel antoine isn't hurt and you're back there <laughs> spouting out those names i that's that's really good i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you guys how many hours i spend in front of the mirror just going ogbong bamiga you're like the base, you're like the baseball bamiga. player who practices swing and the dry right. swing in front of the mirror right? yes yeah. exactly uh, speaking of Ogbong Bamiga, that guy is turning into a really good player. I've been really impressed with what what he has done. He's got the skills that look uh, like he can be a serious impact player uh, going forward. Then you pair him with Malcolm Rodriguez, who just has such a nose for the ball, um, so naturally gifted in that way. Um, I mean, listen, Calvin Bunnage might have a hard time. Uh, getting back in the starting lineup with uh, with the way that Malcolm Rodriguez is playing in that position right now, you, you almost get the sense like maybe they should 
they're not in any rush to bring him back. Like, you know what? Let's just get him healthy. We've got Malcolm there right now. There's no rush. Let's just make sure that he's completely good to go, and then we'll figure it out. And if he doesn't get good to go, then you've still had Malcolm there for a year. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they 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 need they need guys getting healthy at linebacker. Kevin Henry came back this week. That was important. He got to play a lot uh, in the second half. Um, Philip Redwan Bryant, who we talked about his interception earlier, um, he was uh, another backup that was uh, that was getting in on the action. So that was uh, that was a really big deal. But behind that, they were going to some walk-ons uh, that I was having to I was having to check names and and numbers. You didn't have their pronunciations. I was down. not pre- prepared to pronounce their names. No. <laughs> You know what though? I think when you you know you're talking about a defensive line that is maybe being asked to occupy and not disrupt at this point. I think to have linebackers that can be disruptive and have shown the ability, whether you're talking about Rodriguez or Ambog Mamiga, um, I think that that can help take the pressure off that defensive line. You know, give it a little bit of. Um, runway to get things figured out you know we talked about that early uh, in, in camp that the secondary being more um, advanced could potentially be the thing that you know allows that defensive line a little little bit more uh, space to you know get their bearings but frankly those linebackers have have been every bit as important especially when you're talking about being thin there to have a couple guys that you know, are really kind of getting up in there and not just occupying, but actually going and finding ball carriers. Um, you know, again, we're acknowledging the whole way that there's going to be tougher tests along the way. But I think that that's a that's a pretty significant thing when you're when you're seeing guys that have um, have an inclination and then an ability to go and be disruptive. I think that's pretty important. You know, even when the opponent may not be as good as they're going to get down the line. Next week is Tulsa, which will be a little bit stiffer test. Um, we'll get into uh, that more in our, our future podcast later in the week. But uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, talk about some walk-ons who did some special things and some, uh, some true freshmen that we maybe didn't expect to play. Coming right back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We're back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Jenny Carlson. As I mentioned, we uh, we did see some walk-ons that um, got heavily involved in some action, had some big plays, uh, or former walk-ons in the case of a guy like Philip Redwine Bryant, and also some true freshmen that we did not expect maybe to play. At least uh, I didn't really think there were uh, there were a couple that I didn't think we would see, uh, but Mike Gundy and his coaching staff uh, maybe. Uh, taking a little bit more liking to the uh, the four game rule in uh, in how he can use those guys got some guys involved in some action way earlier than uh, than what we saw uh, a year ago with the, in the first year of that uh, that four game redshirt rule so uh, but let's start uh, we've talked about Philip Redwine Bryant former walk-on linebacker fifth year senior had the big interception went out of bounds at the one uh, somebody asked him did you did you look up at the video board to see if you were uh, if you were in because he was really close and he he said no, I was I was facing the ground as I as I, I went down, and he's like, I knew I wasn't in. I knew there was no way, but um, he got it got it close, and uh, and then handed off 
Jacob, to uh, to someone that you're going to get to tell us a lot more about in uh, in Monday's paper. Yeah, everyone was really thrilled at the game that um, walk on uh, Micah Cooper got his first touchdown. Uh, he he made his debut last week, um, carried the ball for uh, I think a handful of yards, and uh, didn't get a ton of carries again tonight but got one where it really mattered he got the one yard touchdown run and um he's a walk-on from medill uh who has really grown in his uh years since moving from medill to medill from california um literally figuratively everything he's grown um and uh, i'm gonna write more about him in monday's paper but i will say that you know he's gone from henderson state to where he had a scholarship um to neo to where he got a scholarship but then walked on at osu uh, after one year at neo um, and it's been the biggest surprise to everyone. Uh, Mike Gundy talked about that last week, how he's been the biggest surprise and uh, how his dedication in the weight room has really shown through and um, learning everything. And um, I talked with Drew Brown about him tonight, and Drew said that that was his highlight of the night. It wasn't one of his touchdown passes. It was it was watching Micah score a touchdown, uh, getting to hand the ball off to him and uh, letting him do that. He said he's really he's totally earned that moment. And and that was the brightest moment for him tonight, and, and I think that's really cool that you see a guy rallying around someone like that who's, who's getting a chance. Yeah, and that's a guy that um, you know has become much more valuable than uh, at least early in the season than we expected. He was really you know fifth or maybe even sixth on the depth chart when uh, when camp began, but Desmond Jackson has not suited up for a game yet. Junior college running back. Uh, Jameel Jeter got uh, his first action tonight uh, ended up with 11 carries the most among running backs uh, in the game tonight but um, but Cooper took over that uh, that number three spot and uh, you know Philip Redwine Bryant talked about you know if uh, if he wasn't going to get the score that's the guy he wanted to score that touchdown um, so that was uh, it was really cool to see how excited everybody was for a guy that um, a lot of people on the team say is is maybe the hardest worker in that locker room. Yeah, and you know, I think it's interesting too to think about how far he's come, how fast he's come. Right. Because, you know, I think L.D. Brown is a good change of pace when you look at Chuba Hubbard's speed and, and some of the things that he brings and L.D. a little bit more of a, a pounding sort of guy, bigger, broader guy. But, you know, if Cooper can keep progressing, I don't think – I mean, LD hasn't exactly wowed anybody yet. Right. And I know Chuba's been great, so it kind of clouds our thought on, on the running backs. But, you know, it's I, – I think that that, you know, next guy up sort of thing, he could be a valuable guy before this is all over. So I think if he continues on the trajectory he's on, you know, I'm not saying he – moves into the second spot or becomes a starter but he's a guy that they could continue to have more and more belief in so I you know I think that that's a that's a position that they've got a lot of bodies but you know guys sort of stepping up and saying you know here I am you know force me to go back to the bench I think that 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 you know I think that there's one guy that's a for sure in Hubbard and after that I think there might be some moving parts down down the line yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, LD Brown, four carries for ten yards tonight. He had a, a similar type of outing at Oregon State. He had that one really impressive touchdown run where he just just would not go down and and kept fighting through up there at Oregon State. But uh, uh, you know, hasn't uh, hasn't done anything wild to this point. Um, 
DeAndre Glass, uh, as I mentioned, some true freshmen that uh, that got in. DeAndre Glass was one of them. Um, looking at the stats here, and they've got AJ Green down for a carry. So uh, <laughs> I believe that also belongs to DeAndre Glass, who also wears number four. So uh, that'd be th- three carries for ten yards, uh, but a fumble for DeAndre Glass. Uh, so a rough debut in that uh, that respect for him. He did not come back in the game after that uh, after that late fumble. Jamil Jeter made a, a return at that point. You know the. I don't want to hijack the conversation about true freshmen, but, you know, guys that got in against an FCS opponent and, you know, got some snaps and that sort of thing. And th- there were some guys we weren't expecting, but it's sort of all that makes me think about a guy like Trace Ford, who right. Jim Knowles talked about post game again tonight that, you know, they, you know, he thinks he in that in that role that Jordan Brailford played last year that. Trace is faster. He's quicker than what Brailford was. And so, you know, to have a, a, a guy that is a true freshman like the rest of those guys, and yet he's not only seeing playing time but affecting some things at a at a position that you don't see a lot of true freshmen get on the field at all. Yeah. I mean, that's that speaks pretty highly to where Trace Ford is and the impact he could have on this defense not only this year but for a long time to come because that guy's going to get – better and better as time goes on so while I'm thinking about you know yeah they they, there were some guys out there that you know might see a game or two more before the red shirt kicks in if I like Trace Ford (laughs) not red shirt and Trace Ford he's playing this year yeah and Jaden Jernigan another one who uh you know had a big play early on at the defensive tackle position that guy is going to be an impact player uh, all the way down the stretch because they're going to need so many guys on that uh, on that defensive line. Um, Langston Anderson was a guy that uh, that I didn't know what his status would be, but he, he you know he didn't travel last week, but he got in late, caught a pass from uh, from Sean Taylor. Um, but uh, you know some other guys, uh, Cody Walterscheid got in and tipped a pass at the line of scrimmage in uh, in a late game situation in the uh, in one of the goal line stands that was uh, that was a big deal. So um, clearly Gundy and and Co are uh, a little more comfortable with the uh the redshirt rule and the four game rule and and taking advantage of that um let's uh let's let's wrap it up here though with a with a guy that we expected to play tonight not in a starting role obviously but drew brown gets in the game and uh and really um i was uh, i was impressed with a couple of the throws he made and the guys that he threw them to made some big plays after he caught after they caught them but uh but the pass to Braden Johnson was really impressive. Just his overall management of the offense, I thought, was solid at a time when uh, when Oklahoma State had uh, had really sort of put the game away. But uh, good to see Drew Brown get out there and 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 make an impact. Yeah, that that throw to, to Braden Johnson is what really does stand out to me. It was it was over the top. It was really good. Um, it's what you wanted to see. And I, I said this earlier, but I think uh, he he does. I could see why the the battle took so long. He has a lot of the same characteristics as Spencer. Um, I don't know that he's as fast. He ran the ball a little bit, but uh, he looked like he wasn't slow by any means, I thought. And, uh, you know, he threw the ball really well and seemed to make good decisions. Um, and I asked him after the game, point blank, I said, you know, how, you know, what was your reaction last week, you know, when, when you found out the news? And um, he said he was disappointed, but he's going to accept his role and he's going to be ready when he's called on and because um, he knows he's going to get his chances and he's happy where he is and, um, and, seems like he's gonna you know if he plays like that he's gonna make the most of his chances yeah absolutely he um you know the with when spencer sanders 
runs the way that he does and uh, does all the things that he that he does. There are going to be moments, whether it's uh, just a minor injury or a helmet popping off or uh, or whatever it might be, that that Brown is going to have to come into the game, and uh, and and it's going to be in a crucial crucial situation. It's not going to be at the at in the second quarter of a. a otherwise meaningless bowl game like he did last year when uh, Taylor Cornelius lost his helmet. It could happen at Texas in a couple of weeks or, uh, or something like that. So um, Brown is going to be, uh, I think, called upon at some point this season. I think that's right. And, you know, you bring up the, the running, which we talked about earlier, Spencer Sanders. And by all accounts, both from him and from Sean Gleason, there's not a air of concern about the amount of running or the style of running. Right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think that, you know, at some point in time in the future, you're all going to all of a sudden going to see Spencer Sanders either sliding or running out of bounds or not running at all. Or, you know, I just I think this is what this is what Spencer Sanders is going to do in the run game makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, You know, if a guy's not kind of big and broad and stout at quarterback running, it, it just sort of makes you worry a little bit but he is comfortable with it he prefers it um Gleason seems okay with it at this point so yeah I mean I think you're right Scotty I think there is going to come a point when you know a helmet pops off or something happens and you know Drew Brown seems like a guy that at least mentally is you know in a, in a good spot and ability wise has done this before as a starter at Hawaii so I think that you know getting him in situations like tonight though are important to you know keep him at least in the flow of things a little bit yeah and so you know i think it'll be interesting to see next week uh as they head to tulsa you know how do they how do they manage that because you know the chance to have a decent lead at some point in that game will exist and do you try to maybe bring in a drew brown for a series before that or or do you wait until it's in hand and then turn it over to him that seems to be the way they're headed but i think that that's an interesting thought as you know texas looms not too far in the distance yeah absolutely um spencer sanders uh jenny is uh as as we learned not uh not a slider he is uh he's not the sliding type he told me he is i said have you ever are you are you much of a slider and he said I've slid once in my career, and he told me all about it. He said he had a bum shoulder at one point in high school, and whoever they were playing had a good linebacker, and he broke off a nice run, 30, 40 yards, and thought, I got to get through this. I can't get hit, and he slid, and that was it. <laughs> so if he can remember it one time you slid, you know, sometimes guys aren't very good at sliding, and you can almost worry more about the slide. But I think he could probably be a decent slider. It's just not. It's just not his deal. Yeah, not uh, not natural for him. Um, and I don't mean that that and that he can't do it. It just it's not his. Uh, he's not wired that way. All right. Well, uh, we'll shut it down right there for the post game podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate that. Rate us, review us, all of those good things over there. Uh, remember, we will have our uh, our Friday mailbag coming up before the Tulsa game, so feel free to jump in there anytime. Uh, jump on Twitter, send me your questions at Scott Wright. Okay, email to sright at oklahoman.com. 
So that'll wrap it up for this one. For Jenny Carlson, Jacob Unruh, I am Scott Wright. Thank you for joining us on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings, stop in today or visit zaxby's.com.